0: Standing by. The Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone-free test drive. There is such a thing. It's the podcast uh, with Terry and Ted. Well, said, "Then we are French." Why are we French? <laughs> I'm not sure. Not what I... to be. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with me, Ted Bird? I think you're. Uh,
1: I think you're a tad punchy.
0: Maybe I am a, pa- a, pa- a, a pad, pad. Tunchy. I'm yep. a pad Tunchy. You are. This uh, particular episode of the podcast is brought to you by a lot of folks. That's right. And this particular episode of the podcast is just you and me. And Poseidon, our and producer Poseidon. Poseidon. Sorry, Poseidon, yeah. I didn't mean yeah. to leave you out. Oh, don't worry. This uh, The schedule for season three has been odd in that you and I haven't had a dance together. It's all—it's all been with company. It has been with company, yes. and I've had it with company. <laughs> <laughs> so we've—we've uh, we've thrown them
1: out, and we're gonna have—we're uh, gonna have our own little dance.
0: It's true, eh? What they say about company—it's lovely to have people over, but after a while, you just like to sit around in your underwear. And
1: Johnny Cash has a song, mm-hmm. and what does he say? Visitors and fish smell after three days. <laughs>
0: well this is going to be a um, this is going to be a real rambling uh, rambling gambling we're uh, rambling guys yeah. rambling, <laughs>
1: rambling 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 <laughs> we should mention right off the hop that it's brought to you by well as Terry said a number of sponsors yes. but our title sponsors are Jaguar Land Rover Laval a couple of nights ago Terry and I went out for dinner with Nino and Renato Di Cubellos who are the proprietors of Jaguar Land Rover Laval and Terry and I arrived in the courtesy vehicle that they've loaned us uh, for the week, which is a beautiful Jaguar F-Pace 25T. And we
0: know they spoil us. They really do. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah, really they spoil us.
1: And it was a bit of, a, of an F-Pace hootenanny. The Jaguar F-Pace, if you don't know, is Jaguar's SUV that's mm-hmm. been on the market for, uh, I guess, uh, five years or so now. And so we show up in the 25T. Renato shows up in the F, I believe it's the F Pace I, it's called. Mm -hmm. It's the electric, it's the all electric version. Beautiful Mm -hmm. vehicle. And of course, everything's going in that direction, right? Yeah. And then we're sitting there at dinner and a Jaguar F Pace SVR pulls in. That's the honking 550 horsepower version. And it had a Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Uh, license plate frame on it. And so the guys are going, hey, you got that from us. Mm-hmm. And the guy gets out of his uh, Jaguar SVR and he comes over and uh, he goes, hey, it's Terry DeMonte. <laughs> and hey, it's Ted Bird. He listens to Light 106.7. Yes. it was Joe Cavallero wow. of uh, Cavallaro yeah. uh, Deli Cavaleros, fame. Yeah. Yeah. Joe and Rosie. Yeah. So it was a it was a small world moment brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Laval uh jaguar historically has not been known for suvs like i say they only got in that game a few years ago but they do it right boy those are beautiful beautiful vehicles check them out uh in person in laval or online at JaguarLaval.ca or land rover lavall.ca.
0: just go get the nice welcome from that family-run yeah. business boy they what a lovely family they are and uh, i say this all the time you know, if you've got like a young son or a young daughter who's interested in, in flashy cars, just go visit. They'd yep. love, they'd love yep. to see they'd you. They'd love to
1: show you around. Yeah. Take and them next door to the McLaren showroom.
0: I'm not sure what was going on there the other night because we were, we sat outside because it was a nice enough night to sit outside, but we weren't, you know, we weren't anywhere fancy. We were at uh, Enzo Mecca Daca Duca. Yeah, or I can I never had, read. And Bagato. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pizziato. Yeah. yeah. Mac- anyway.
2: Macadamian
1: cookies. Nah, that's the name okay. of it.
0: <laughs> we were at Macadamian Cookies. On St. John's Road and and uh we were surrounded by beautiful cars. I, I don't know where all the nice cars came from. Well, there was
1: another uh, Nito and Renato said that's the so-and so-and-so and so-and-so from United yes. Auto Group or yeah. something like that and one of them get into a Corvette and the yeah. other one get into a Porsche yeah. and, and, and away they went.
0: Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Yep. Anyway, just to dispel the rumor that uh, we were at some kind of fancy pants place, we were there having a pizza. That's right.
1: How do you like my raggedy Andy Penn? I'd like to know what the hell's going on there. Well, I got this from Victoria Lang. Victoria mm-hmm. is uh, the head of uh, the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Quebec and she came into the radio station one morning uh, to promote one of their events and she gave me this pen and I happened to double book not realizing that I had I double booked Victoria Lang from the Multiple Sclerosis Society and Natalie Camel from the Lakeshore General Hospital Foundation and I knew Victoria was coming but I had forgotten about Natalie and so Natalie showed up and rang the door Uh, doorbell at the radio station and I went downstairs and I looked at her and I went, there's something different about Victoria, (laughs) but I just, I just played along. Hi, how are you? Come on in. And then I brought her upstairs and we're sitting there. And the last time Victoria came to the radio station, she had brought me some key lime pie. And so I said to Natalie, did you bring me some key lime pie? (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me like, is this guy drunk? What's wrong with this guy? And then the next thing, you know, ding dong, it's Victoria. Oh, Oh, I, oh I, I double booked and and j- as just coincidentally both very attractive women. Mm-hmm. so it completely looked like I did it on purpose. <laughs>
0: But you didn't. I did not. You just no. need a personal assistant. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's right. All of that to say, that's where I that, got. The point. I was going to ask you because it was sitting there, and I thought, what the yeah. what in blue is that funny looking thing? Isn't that the, uh, the the crossword superstar from this morning? That is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: baby got the New York Times crossword puzzle done in record. T- oh, I don't know about record time. Yeah. Somebody told me once that Bill Clinton does the New York Times crossword puzzle in ten minutes.
0: No doubt. Yeah. I also pretty know, smart guy. Yeah. The, yeah. He uh, he usually has. Uh, I think it's five books on his bedside table. He's just he's reading like he Good goes, for him. jumps from one to another. I can't
1: read books. Well, I can. Yeah. I don't anymore because of this fucking yeah, thing. I can't get away thing. from it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I've I've noticed that too. That I've got to leave it out
1: of my room if yeah. I'm going to read a book because as soon as it goes ping, then I'm I'm on it. You know. And I,
0: I I just want to recommend a book, and uh, I just finished reading it because I've I've had the the trouble that you've had. I thought oh, I'm retired now. I'm going to read all kinds of books. Yeah. And I, I have the same kind of attention span problem because I think of the uh, the interweb and because of the phones. But um, I just finished reading uh, a book um, about uh, Jackie Kennedy and uh, the... Um, uh, Jackie is in the wife of JFK. Correct. And the uh, Secret Service man who was there that day in Dallas. Okay. Um, uh, Damn it, I can never, why can't I, why, why can't I remember his name?
1: Well, because he's a Secret Service guy, so it's a secret. <laughs>
0: yeah, but he's one of the most famous Secret Service guys in the world. Um, and he was there the day the president was killed in Dallas. And he went on to, uh, Clint Hill is his name. Okay. And he went on to um, protect uh, Mrs. Kennedy after the president was killed in Dallas he went on to protect her for a couple of more years. And he's he wrote a wonderful, wonderful book about his time with Mrs. Kennedy prior to Dallas, during Dallas, and then after Dallas. And it's a warm, wonderful memoir about his time with a woman he became very attached to, um, not romantically or yeah. anything, but yeah. it's a fascinating look back at uh, at history and uh, and the kind of job that the uh, the Secret Service had to do, and somehow for some reason it must must be a really really well written book, and it is. Um, I got through it. I I I just it was one of those books where you know I put it down and then went to sleep. And the next night I thought I want to get upstairs and read the book. Yeah. So that's my boring story. My first vivid memory. The mm-hmm. Kennedy
1: assassination. I would have been four years old, mm-hmm. and I remember how upset my parents were. I yep. think that's why it stuck with me, because of their reaction to it. Absolutely. They were so shocked and and, uh, and upset
0: by it. world, if you've watched any of the documentaries, and I've watched all of them, and uh, I was five, I think, when it happened, and I was at home because I had the mumps. And I remember my mom was ironing, watching uh, the soap opera, when and this back in the day, this this used to terrify me as a child. Suddenly the, the show that was on would stop. And because technology wasn't what it is today, the show would stop and it would be a while before they got a slide up that said It's true, eh? There'd be a few seconds yeah, of and dead then air. it would be yeah. like and you'd think, Oh shit, what's happening? A CBS Bulletin slide would go up and then they would cut to, you know, Walter Cronkite. Saying there's been a shooting in and Dallas. Walter
1: Cronkite died, uh, died, <laughs> cried. Yes, um, yeah. The, and I think yes, this was probably the second bullet, and the first one was yeah. the shooting. Yeah. And then when he came back to confirm, confirm the, death. the death, yeah, yeah, his 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 voice broke, which was yeah. very un-Walter Cronkite like, and just yeah. spoke to the enormity of that event. Yeah,
0: he wasn't sobbing. No, but, no, no. But, but his he, voice cracked. Yeah, and yeah. he got. You know, he had to pause. Yes. Uh, yeah. He was doing what I like to refer to as the World War II cry. Yeah, yeah the World right. War II
1: veterans yeah. cry.
0: Yeah, where yeah. you um,
1: All these years later, and how many years later is that now? Well, if I was, if I was four at the time and now I'm 30, that was 26 years ago. But I'm not thirty. <laughs> uh, so, uh, nearly sixty years ago, yeah. uh, are we still uh, abiding by the lone gunman theory, or are we saying, you know what, he had a lot of enemies? Maybe there's more to it than that.
0: Clint Hill has written a number of books, um, not just about the uh, about the first lady, the former first lady, um, but he's he's also been uh, he re- he wrote a book I think called Five Days in Dallas, and he. Uh, subscribes to the lone gunman theory. He does. He, he thinks does. it was
1: Lee Harvey Oswald, he and that's does. it. Yeah. He said, now, do you think that's him being a good Secret Service agent and towing I, the party line? I
0: don't, because he was a man, um, and it's it, his story is fascinating in itself, because if you've seen the film, there's a Pruder film of Kennedy, the Kennedy assa- assassination. He's the man jumping on the back of the car, hanging on while the car speeds away, uh, from the book depository, and he has to push Jackie Kennedy back in the car because she's trying to clam out of yeah, the car. Yeah, she's up, eh? She, yeah. she was reaching back, I learned in the book I read, to grab a piece of the president's skull nice. and some Jeez. of his brain matter. And she had to push him, uh, uh, or he had to push her back into the car, and he was he lived a tortured, tortured life the next 30 years he replayed it in his mind almost every day. traumatized by it traumatized yeah. by it and said if he had just moved to jump on the car sooner he could have blocked the third shot so he subscribes to the fact that it was it was the lone gunman theory right. I, did, I don't know how we got onto that i don't either well because i read a book yeah
1: <laughs> poseidon do you have what, what was your first memory do you have a specific clear first memory because Poseidon's a little bit younger than us. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my God! This is, I've never thought about that. It's a very difficult. No, question. eh? Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Well, give it some thought. We yeah. can always we can always <laughs> yeah, we can, can, can always can come back to it. Yeah yeah. By the uh, way, about the JFK thing, there was another uh, conspiracy theory out there that uh, what well, conspiracy theory that he was shot by the driver. I don't think so. No. <laughs> no.
0: I, I don't know whose theory that yeah. is, but uh, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one doesn't work at no. all. No. not even a little bit. No. Um, no. I thought Ted, we uh, we would plug the um, uh, the uh, morning show that we do. Uh, well, we do. Um, it's a we sat- do Saturday morning uh, affair. Uh, that uh, airs from 9 to noon on the radio station where you're hosting the morning show from Monday to Friday.
1: On Light 1067, CHSV, 106.7 FM, online at light1067.ca, on the iHeartRadio app and on your smart speaker. It's a Hudson, Quebec radio station, but it serves, uh, well, it serves primarily the Vaudreuil-Soulange area, of which Hudson is a part. And also the Greater Montreal area. The signal doesn't reach everywhere through the Greater Montreal area. But with the interwebs, you know, you can listen online. You can listen on your smart speaker. And uh, Terry has come on board to, uh, to do a Saturday morning show with mm-hmm. me. Saturday morning with Terry and Ted from 9 to noon. And we have a whole lot of fun. And uh, we got a whole lot of sponsors on board, too. And we're grateful for that. We have uh, the Mersons who sponsor this podcast yep. as well, and who support us wherever we go. We've got non-solo pane, boulangerie non-solo pane in Dorval, which is uh, uh, the best Italian food at the best price points that you're going to find anywhere on the West Island, if not anywhere else. Just a terrific spot. And a young couple, Claudia and Sebastiano, uh, own and operate that place and do a terrific job. We've also got Felix and Norton
0: Cookies. It was a big deal for me when uh, Michael from Felix and Norton said uh, he'd want to get in on that because in I started doing the morning show at Showman in 1984. In 1985, Michael started his cookie shop. And I remember the day that a sales guy came to me and said, hey, we got somebody that want, wants you to speak on their behalf. And I'd, I'd only been on the radio in Montreal for about a year at that point, and I was very excited that somebody thought enough of me that they would want me to do their commercials. And he, the, I said, who is it? He said, well, it's a guy, and he's making cookies. And I was like, oh, Christ, really? I mean, <laughs> come on. Anyway, I I... I got the address and I went down to meet Michael and I walked along Queen Mary where the very first store was and it was my nose that led me to the shop. You could smell fresh baked cookies uh, from down the block. And I went into the store and went downstairs to meet Michael where he was like a wizard with all of these cookies he was creating. I never met a man more passionate about what he was doing. And we went upstairs and I took one bite and I thought... Oh, yeah, I could tell people about this product. And uh, I wasn't wrong because here we are, how many years later? 30, uh, over 35 yeah. years later. And yep. and when he found out that you and I were going to reunite, uh, even just for Saturday morning, he said, I, I, that's a full circle moment. I want to be part of that. Yeah. And uh, now he's got an a, a, a organization where you can buy the cookie dough in stores and take them home and cook them. Um, and you can
1: send them like a dozen roses, which yes. you did yeah. while you were here. Yeah, Terry I, sent cookies to, to his to wife, wife yes. back
0: home in Vancouver. Yeah, it was a surprise package that turned up. You can, uh, you can do that too, by the way. You can uh, just go to felixandnorton.ca. Plus, they have a very uh, popular food truck that used to come out to our events when I was sitting in the chair uh, at Shom, uh we would do parties and Michael and Sue would come out with the Felix and Norton cookie truck. He bought an old truck in uh, Portland, Oregon, and drove that truck from Oregon all the way back Jesus to Montreal. Perfect. And you know it's one of those old sort of delivery, you know, style old delivery i forget if it's a mail truck or a ups truck so like a van sort of affair yeah yeah Yeah. and he drove it all the way back and got it all set up and it's down at the old port all summer long if you you're uh, a cookie person i um i I just wanted people to know because people ask me all the time oh you guys got back together and did you move back here and what's happening and yeah you know you you couldn't stay away from radio eh? and i you know what I, i want people to know that i'm retired i am a retired man i consider myself to be a retired man these projects that i do with ted i do for fun because ted and i have been friends for a very very long time and people seem to love when we get together well i i enjoy it we always well, I do yeah, too. we always and have
1: a good time we always have a laugh it's yeah, the real deal it's yeah. not we're not making anything up everybody
0: no, <laughs> no and, and yeah. i i say all the time it's uh, whether there's microphones in front of us or not, we always have a good time. We yep. have a lot of laughs. Uh, we have a lot of laughs in the car. We, Ted did a one-act play for us here the other yep. day. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, a bit of a moment that uh, I can't stop laughing about. I did an Im- my imitation
1: of, yep. uh, of a <laughs> professional football cornerback, and I showed them my backpedaling technique and went ass over tea kettle. And he's been laughing. He's been laughing about it for three days, hasn't he, Poseidon?
0: Yes, he can't stop. One minute he was there telling us the story, and the next minute he was stumbling wildly backwards, crashing into doors and making this scratching sound. And I was sitting in the outer room, and all I saw were feet going up in the air. And uh, but you were okay. That yeah, hey, was I wasn't hurt. Thing. Yeah,
1: Poseidon had a great view because he was yeah. in the studio, and I went right past the door. Just yeah, arms. You actually,
0: you actually hit the door. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you hit
2: the
1: door,
0: careened off the door, and I think that's might have saved you from a concussion. Because Possibly. Yeah, you, hit the, you He hit the door, so he didn't hit the floor first. He yeah, hit the, the door, door kind of broke my fell yeah. a,
1: broke my fall a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was a good look. Very
1: dignified.
0: Very dignified.
1: <laughs> Hey, speaking of laughing, yes. we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a couple of rounds of the tweet sheet on this episode yes. because we've had it. We've had a couple of guests who the tweet sheet wouldn't have been a very good fit for them. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, Would have so, been awkward. I yeah, think. yeah. So we've yeah. stockpiled them. You want to do one right here?
2: Sure. Why yes, not? I, but I have a question for you guys. Since yep. you guys asked me, what are some of your first memories? Yes.
0: yes. That you've ever had. <clears throat> um. That's uh, that's interesting. I, the I can't. It's hard to explain what a world-changing moment the Kennedy assassination was, because it was. I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was the first time. That literally the whole world watched television together.
2: Are you talking about okay, so I, I I think I'm confused. Are you talking about like a personal early memory or it could be well, it I, could I, be it, any yeah, anything, but that, that's that's for me, that's my first vivid memory. Not yes. just of an event were, but how of old were you guys?
0: I was four. Yeah, and I was five. Okay. And my, I my
2: my yeah. first memory started to cut you off is uh, actually I was two years old. And uh, my mother uh, brought me to Greece, so I don't remember much of the trip, but all I remember is at some point, because my mother loved uh, motorcycles when she was a kid, she used to ride them. Greece was uh, different, you know, uh, from a very early age, kids would start doing activities. Uh, so she got back on a motorcycle after all these years, and she took off speeding, it was a sport bike. It was crazy fast, and I was uh, crying, that's my first memory.
0: Really? Yep. That's uh, But I, 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 and that everyone. Ar-
2: Sorry? At two, that's really young. Yeah, and everyone was, uh, 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 the reason why I remember it is because all my family around me was laughing at the fact that I was crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, all I remember is the bike. The bike was red, it took off with my mother in it, and then my uncles and aunts' faces around me laughing. That's 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 the like when I remember it, that's the vision I have. Oh.
1: That sounds traumatic. Yeah, uh, and yeah, well, right, maybe, right, maybe, maybe right.
2: that might be why he remembers it. Like the first yeah. time the family mocked me. There you go,
1: yeah. <laughs> <That seems laughs> to be. And now you get routinely mocked by no. Mike
2: and Pantelis. <laughs> no, but the jokes on my family is because who would have thought after all these years I'd grow up and mock them on podcasts? <laughs> Yeah. What
1: goes around comes around,
2: eh?
0: Now were we were we doing the we were about to do the tweet? The tweet tweet sheet, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting there thinking now what were we gonna
1: say. Yeah. Yeah, Hip hop. No, that's 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 quite all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, as you know, we don't stand on ceremony. No, we don't. So the tweet sheet is something that we do uh, on the regular on the radio show, and the ones we can't do on the radio show, we bring in here like this one from At Provo. Inventor of Silence of the Lambs. Hey, shut the fuck up, lambs. From at Arf Measures, John Lennon. He wear no shoe shine. He got toe jam football. He got monkey finger. He shoot Coca Cola. Police sketch artist. What?
0: <laughs> I can't draw that.
1: <laughs> and for oh, here's another one from Frovo. Speech therapist. Okay, let's start with the alphabet. Scooby Doo. Ray. Re. 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 Speech therapist in the intercom. Cancel all my appointments.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, that's funny stuff. I don't know where they come up with it. Where do you come up with it?
0: I don't know. Is there one? More? Oh, that's do you want to do? Uh, well, we oh, we're saving that one. Right? Yeah, we'll save it. Yeah,
1: we stockpiled a couple. Yeah. We do three per round, and we've got a couple of rounds stockpiled. We can get back to those later on. Hey! Yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, know, I know. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, okay. okay,
0: there you go. So, covering the uh, the uh, uh, Terry and Ted Saturday morning thing, yes, I do in fact do that from for the most part from uh, from British Columbia where yes. I now live. Yeah. And uh, some people have asked me, uh, "Does that mean that I want to get back into radio? I couldn't stay away from radio." Blah blah blah. None of that shit is true. I just like to have a little bit of fun. And what happens is on Thursdays or Fridays when we record the program. I go up the stairs and you and I kibitz around for an hour and we have some fun and people seem to like it. They do, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and 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 uh, it's not because I couldn't stay away blah 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 whatever it is that I've I've seen online. And the other thing is that I leave Montreal because I hate Montreal. The answer to that is complicated. My my wife has a job in British Columbia. My wife supported me for uh, many years and helped me through my end of, of uh, my career, and uh, had an opportunity in British Columbia. We both love it out there. And I am tired of the winter, tired of the parka, tired of the scraper, tired of the boots, tired of the slush, tired of the cones, tired of the traffic, tired of the detour, tired of the roubaré, tired of all of that, including, but not exclusively, any of those things and sick and fucking tired of talking about language i'm 64 years old and this is my if you include referendums i don't know my fifth or sixth go around with all of this bullshit about english people and how we're ruining everything and the french language is disappearing and everything else and listen I get it. I'm born and raised here. I understand the nuances and the depth of the concern. I understand it all. I was proud of my, what I thought was my ability to bridge both solitudes when I worked at Shome. Uh, we had a lot of francophone listeners. I got lovely write-ups in La Presse and uh, salutations from you know Serge Fiori. And my last song was a harmonium song i understand all of it but so i just wanted to go uh to support my wife and also have a little peace and can i just tell you we miss some people really we miss some people very very much miss my family and christ we miss the food Oh boy, the food, the food, the food. Really, eh? Yeah, and uh, you know, make all the fat jokes you want. Uh, the the food in British Columbia, where we are, is um, it's just it's a lot of chain restaurants, and 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 not not a lot of passion. And I know you know if anybody listens to this who's living in Vancouver. They're going to say, oh, you should go downtown and try this place and that place. But there, there is nothing, never will be anything like the restaurant and food scene here in Montreal.
1: Well, also, you don't live, <clears throat> pardon me, in, in central no. Vancouver. But even in, in, in and around Montreal, you can always find oh. good restaurants. You name any borough of Montreal yes. and you can name, you can rattle off
0: yeah. several good restaurants. And every... Anglo who's left, and believe me, I'm not the only guy who's bailed. There's been a lot of people who bailed over the years and have, you know, gone to, I don't know, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of ex-Montrealers in uh, Ontario and Toronto. Um, And I I think that's part of what made Toronto the city it is today was (laughs) all the people from Montreal Montreal that went there in the 70s. And uh, you know, there's lots and lots of ex-Montrealers out in uh, British Columbia, and of course Calgary. CP moved their office there in uh, 1995, and they'll all tell you the same thing: that you know, there's there's nothing like a, uh, a like a hot dog here. You just, you know, it's and it's a small, stupid thing. Everybody uses all beef wieners out there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> pork <laughs> and, ones are too small. What's that? Pork ones are too small. Well,
0: they, but the the wieners here, I think, are a mixture. They're not all beef. I thought they were just pig's anuses or something. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, you know, I, I think, you know, shit that falls on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> I was making a small
2: dick joke, but okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we get all excited about forms, you know, well, not form anymore, but bell yeah. and steamies, but yeah. isn't isn't it just the, like, what's left?
0: It is, but there's something there's something about a Quebec built hot dog. Whether it's Lester's or High Grade, what's or, the place
1: uh, up near that you and your wife like in Pierrefonds? La Roulotte is yeah, that what it's La called? Roulotte. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you know the bun the bun is built for the size of the wiener.
1: That sounded dirty too. Yeah. Okay, just was <laughs> yeah. waiting
0: for that.
2: Oh, I was th- I was thinking of something <laughs> actual that, I <laughs> but I have nothing on that. One.
0: <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I have marching orders to come home. With uh, some uh, wieners from Lester's. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. My my wife wants Lester's wieners so we can do proper Quebec hot dogs. There's one woman in New West. uh, It's called New Westminster, just outside of Vancouver. She's been there for 22 years. And she talked like that. And she passed the puts in and she makes the hot dogs. And every Saturday afternoon, you can't get near the place. Is that right, yep. eh? And, and once in a while, we'll make a special trip. And she was the one who explained to us, the hot dogs are not quite the same because of the all-beef wieners. Okay. So. Let me say
1: this about the French thing. I've lived here now for 37 years, and I cannot think of a single instance where anyone ever said to me or even intimated to me that I'm not welcome because I'm English. The media talks about it, the politicians talk about it, but I never experience it in my day to day life. On the street, I get along just fine with everybody, and my French blows dead bears. (laughs) When we came into the uh, when we came into the garage today, and what's the girl's name who uh, who uh, who, uh, sits at the garage? Ah, Louise. Louise, yeah, she is lovely. Oh God, I love her. I came in and I said, uh, we pulled up and I said, uh, "Salut ma belle,
0: c'est les deux anglophones
1: avec la française qui
0: a une catastrophe."
1: And,
2: and she
0: loved it. Ted's <laughs> favorite explanation is his French is a
1: catastrophe.
2: <laughs> well, hold on. You've never had, a, let's say you speak in English at, a, oh, yeah. a, 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 at somewhere. It's never happened to you where they refuse yeah. to speak to you in English? Well, I mean, I've
1: had them, I've had them. Uh, uh, you know, people respond to me in French when I, when I spoke in English. Yeah. But yeah. I've never had anyone say to me, Listen. you know, fuck off English.
0: Yeah. You? Uh, uh,
2: not never, yeah. No, never, actually.
0: Me neither. Listen, it isn't. A, I, I didn't want to take us down the language path, but it, what it is, it's, it's not that I don't understand it. I consider myself, you know, I will say to people, je suis Quebecois, but there are people here who don't consider me Quebecois because I'm English and because I was raised in English and I would be what is referred to now as a, a, a historic angle. Uh, Because I was educated in English, I was born here, I was educated in English here. And it's just, it's not that I don't understand it, it's not that anybody was nasty to me, but it's just one of the things that I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. miss. It's a pain in the ass. It's well, like I say, the, the media, the it's
1: omnipresent because yeah. of the media, yeah. and the media is fueled by the politicians. Right. And But, but at street level, I just no. hardly ever experience, and why do we have to fucking label
0: ourselves? I don't know. Why do
1: you, why is he an allophone, and we're historic anglophones, and and Louise because. is a Quebecois vie souche? Why?
0: And, and most, uh, like you say, most people are like Louis louise absolutely tickled she's absolutely tickled that we we speak our broken french she thinks my accent is sexy yeah, she yeah. Said <laughs> 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 so i just i wanted to clear that up i it's not you know it for sure it's one of the things that i we we do not miss and i may add my wife is a francophone jessica zion dion she's uh, born and raised francophone, her grandparents are French. Her father doesn't speak English, and they they don't like it either. <laughs> you know, they they're not going anywhere because uh, they're from the Laurentians, but they they don't like it either. And it's just, it's an aspect. It's just you know, I was here in '76. I was, you know, my first election was 76. I was here for the start of Bill 0101. I was here for the first referendum. I was here for the second referendum. I was here. You know, it's the, just it's the ongoing thing. Yeah. And Bill 96... You know, is a lot of people are talking about it because I I think it's going to do a lot of damage. But I don't live here anymore, so it's, I, I don't have a, a a dog in the fight.
2: I think they keep hammering on it just to keep <coughs> us uh, just to keep people kind of separated. Yeah, so they can keep you yeah, preoccupied. Divide. And well, divide yeah. and conquer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. they'll kind of continue fucking you on every other aspect yeah. and shit. So yeah, we're, we're so
1: busy talking about Bill said uh, Bill 96 right. that uh, we should be talking about the price of gas yes. and the price of food Jesus and stuff like Christ. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's market conditions. Though. Well, yeah, it's COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite topic. Yeah. We, we drove by we, this morning. We uh, On the way here, we had another thing to do, and we drove by a gas station, and the gas was 220, and then an hour and a half later when we came out, it was two twenty three at the same gas station. Yeah. With the yeah. same gas that was in the ground at nine o'clock yeah. was three, <laughs> three cents more expensive at noon. And I said to Ted, well, you know, this is market you know, conditions, market conditions <laughs> yeah. brought on by COVID
1: yeah. and of course the war in Ukraine. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's get off the language train. Yeah. I want you to tell your story uh-uh. about uh, going to see Paul McCartney in Seattle
0: and doing limo watch. This yeah. is such a great story. All right. That's good, because one of the things I wrote down was concert twats. There you go. So, concert twats. Yes. We, I want to talk about people. In, people in, who are twats at concerts? Yeah, behave, okay. the way they behave at All concerts. Right. So, What's a twat,
2: by the way?
1: Well, a twat, uh, in years gone by, a twat was a, uh, to me, it was another term for the female genitalia. Yes, it was. Uh, But it can also be an asshole. Yeah, Yeah, fucking twat. Oh, like a cunt.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. In a word, yes.
0: I think the British love both those words, don't they? The British
1: can use that word the way that
0: we
2: use asshole.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: but if we use that word, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: For a while, it actually became one of my favorite words. Yeah, yeah. Twat? No, the other one. The okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Because I think the British, the British will say, "Oh, you stupid twat." <laughs>
2: Do they use twat as
1: well?
0: I think I, so. Yeah.
2: I feel like they use twat more for men and cunt more for women. Okay. In the, in the UK. Yeah. I don't know. I Just, uh, just a hunch. I'm going it's on. It's funny how I get so uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I wrote it down. I wrote down concert twats.
2: All right. Time to talk
1: about concert cunts. very.
0: <laughs> sorry, mom. Yeah. Sorry, There's a feature we can get sponsored, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to sponsor... Uh, Excuse me. <laughs> That's the beauty of podcast. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, my um, my wife Jess, has uh, a very lovely history with Paul McCartney. She really does. Um, she um, saw Paul McCartney for the first time in Toronto. I'm gonna get the year wrong, but I think it was 2005. She went with her dad. and she was always she's always been a Beatles fan. she went saw McCartney and absolutely went crazy uh for the live performance of these songs that you know she had come to love and uh she decided that uh, one year she was going to go see paul mccartney here at the bell center and she was going to make a sign saying paul please sign my arm i've already booked an artist for a tattoo and she approached this very scientifically she found the right color of marker for the sign based on the lights that were at the front of the stage. She experimented with this color of marker and that color of marker to see which, which one would reflect better in the light so Paul would have a, a better chance of seeing it. And, and she booked the appointment, and the tattoo guy said, mm, yeah, sure, okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she went to the show, and sure enough, McCartney's people saw the sign, grabbed her, and said, come with me. And took her to the side of the stage and said to her, "Stand here, and when I tell you to go, go." And pushed her on stage with Paul McCartney. And where was this? What here was the, at the venue? Bell the Bell Center. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's uh, there's you you can find the video uh, on YouTube of her standing with Paul McCartney, giving Paul McCartney a hug, and her saying, uh, "Paul, saying to her, you know, are you sure your parents are okay with this?" Paul signs her arm. Um, her forearm and uh, she's taken off stage and she has to be escorted out of the building at the end of the show because everybody wants to see her arm. Everybody wants to uh, ask her about the experience. She ended up on the front page of the journal de Montréal the next morning. Aaron Rand called her, put her on the air at uh, CFQR CFQR and that's how she got into radio and that's how I met her, and that inadvertently is maybe how we ended up getting married. I've got Paul McCartney to think for that. And
1: what year was it that she got the tattoo?
0: Um, I forget the year. How has it stood year. up? Has she
1: had to have it uh, touched
0: up? Or No, uh, it yeah? stood up great. And where is it? It's, it's on the inside of yeah, her arm? It's, uh, what do you call this? It's that's here. That's the forearm. Yeah, yeah, it's the forearm, and it's on the underside of the forearm. And <coughs> she... She she does. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling the story, but she doesn't talk about it. Um, she didn't know. She doesn't bring it up, and and I know not to bring it up. She brings it up if she wants to bring okay. it up because it's a pretty fucking cool story. Yeah, is the penmanship good? The penmanship the can you tell it says Paul excellent. McCartney? You yeah, absolutely yeah. can. Like John Beliveau style. Yeah, nice. He was he was very very uh, deliberate with it. Yeah. Um. And and she of course had to drive home. You know and and sleep with you know i don't know if she went to bed or not but the next morning she went to the tattoo guy who went caught it <laughs> 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 you got it and she got it tattooed and there it stood and that began her love of paul mccartney and following paul mccartney on tours and she would go from town to town. This is we before we met. Right. She would drive to Detroit and then drive to Wichita and drive to Cleveland and then drive... That there. far
1: away? Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah. And And there was a group of them that became friends, some from Chicago, some from Saskatchewan. And they called themselves Fans on the Run. And they would go from show to show to show. And they got to know... The guys in the band, they got to know the
1: crew, the and, crew, yeah.
0: the security people, and whatever. And McCartney sets up what's called not McCartney, but McCartney's people set up what something called limo watch. And the fans on the run like to go to the venue in the afternoon. And Paul arrives for for sound check around four thirty. Like most artists, they got to go do sound check. So they're at the venue by four, four thirty, something like that. And I always poo-pooed it. I was always like, I don't need to go to Lima Watch. Yes. I've been to a thousand shows yeah, and yeah. I've been backstage and blah, blah, blah. And we were in Seattle to see Paul McCartney for two nights at the Climate Pledge Arena. And the first night, Jess was going on her own because we could only get one ticket for that night. And I said to her, are you doing limo watch and she said yeah yeah of course i am and i said i, th- I think i want to come with you to limo watch this time said, you do i said yeah yeah, i do <laughs> I-, I think i want to do this I, th- I think this would be pretty cool and i'm trying to be nonchalant about it so around three o'clock we wander down to the climate pledge arena and they've set up a little barricade um because paul mccartney has his own security people completely understandable And they set up a little barricade and they tell you Paul's vehicle is going to approach from that direction and he's going to turn in here and go into the garage. So all of the fans are gathered and they all know each other and they haven't seen each other because of COVID. So they're talking and chatting and everybody's chatting. And then suddenly at around 10 past four, more people appear. You know, there's a golf cart shows up and then four security people jump off that golf cart. Another golf cart arrives and then another bunch of security people. And I hear McCartney's people say, he's five minutes out. And I start to get a little excited. I think, oh, shit, Paul McCartney's hes five minutes away. This is cool. And I'm standing in a distance from, I'm standing behind my wife because I, I want just to, you know, she, she has a routine for limo watch. And Paul McCartney deliberately slows down the vehicle and rolls down the window because he knows people are there and he wants to say hi to them. And he's, he's Paul McCartney. He doesn't, you know, a lot, of, a lot of lesser bands drive in in an unmarked van and drive by people that are waving and trying. Now, he doesn't stop for autographs or anything. Um, and again, I think that's a security issue but he slows down the vehicle, he rolls down the window, and he's very deliberate of pointing to people and waving. So I'm watching her, and I think, I'm going to film this, and the security people say, here he comes! And the, the, he travels in a, I think it's a, an Escalade, and the black Escalade approaches, slows down, and the window comes down, and there's Paul McCartney leaning out the window, waving, and all of the people are going crazy, and my heart starts to beat fast, and I'm video from video, taking a video from behind of my wife frantically waving at Paul, and people screaming at him, and the car makes the turn into the venue, and I go running over to the fence, and... The car slows down to go down the driveway, and I don't notice it, but my phone is on auto, auto focus, and the picture begins to blur. But he gets right in front of me, and I begin doing this. <laughs> Paul! 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 And he points at me and he waves. And I know it's only in my mind, but for me, I think he kind of looked at me like, calm, twist. <laughs> like, calm down. It's Terry
1: DeMonte. De You're a grown-ass <laughs> man.
0: Like, calm down. And I had to, I had to sit so down. So were you
1: actually, are you exaggerating no. your reaction? Or no. were you actually, really? I eh? was like, pop, pop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I had to, I have to admit, I had to sit down. I had to calm myself. Compose yourself, son. Yes, get a hold of yourself, pal. Because I think, because it's McCartney. You know, I my parents gave me a, a plastic record player from Eaton's and a copy of She Loves You when I was six, I think. And I became a Beatles fan. I collected Beatles cards. And I still say that that purchase of that 45... Led me to become interested in the radio. I think the Beatles sort of steered me towards music, and you know, and I was I remember being a kid and being fascinated by the reaction of when people heard songs on the radio. You know, I remember 1964, 1965, girls would scream, oh, yeah, they would run up the kitchen hallway. And turn the radio up as loud as it could and scream when they heard a Beatles song. And I remember being a kid thinking, that's interesting what that little box on the kitchen counter does. I think that's how I ended up in, in radio and had the career that I had. And there's something... I don't know. There's something magical about a beetle. Well,
1: listen, uh, your reaction speaks to uh, a the fact that he's Paul McCartney, one of the biggest celebrities in the world. I mean, how many yep. more people? How many people are more famous than Paul McCartney? I Not can't too many.
0: Jess and I both agree that we think he's the most famous guy on the planet. You know, other than the Pope or you know the Queen, the Queen. Yeah,
1: and and B, I think just as much. Uh, you get excited by what he represents yes. to you, and yes. and you and your life. Like he yes. represents so much uh, uh, in in your lifetime. Yes. You know, it's not just it's not just who he is; it's what he represents.
0: And I think everybody in the crowd feels the same way. You know, everybody has a song. Um, you know, the, like when he begins to play some of the songs from over the years. Uh, you know, when the opening, he sings the opening note of, hey, Jude, you know, I do the...
1: I was going to ask you if you cried. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: yeah. I I get a lump in my throat, you know, I think. Because I I thought, I was convinced, uh, I remember, you know, the Beatles broke up and I thought, that's it. No one's ever going to hear those songs live. And I know it's not the Beatles, I get it, but it's still the guy who wrote the tunes playing them live. And it's, for me, it's, like, phenomenal. I mean, I I, I, I can't, you know, my wife's seen him 38 times. I don't think I could do that. But uh, it's it's an experience like no other. Well, you know what? His solo catalog's awfully impressive, too. Yes. Wings has a yes.
1: really great catalog. John Lennon had a great, I mean, John Lennon did Imagine yeah. after the Beatles, right? Yeah. That's probably John Lennon's signature song, yeah. and it's not a Beatles song. Yeah. Uh, George Harrison was a prolific yeah. Uh, songwriter and collaborator as well. well uh, as a I, solo artist. I, I, and I and think, the same with Ringo. I, Great collaborator.
0: I think that's a big part of it, Ted. I think Lennon and McCartney together, you know, that's lightning in a bottle that we'll never see again. Yeah. And I also think that um, part of it is the what if. You know, you see McCartney, who's going to be 80 this month. Uh, you know, we're recording this in June. He's going to be 80 this month. And he's you see him live and he's timeless. The voice, you know, the voice isn't as strong as it was when he was in his fifties, of course, but the voice is still there. The enthusiasm is, is still there. And he's like this maestro of joy and positivity when you go see him. Well, listen, sorry, go ahead. And in this particular concert tour that he's doing now, he duets with Lennon. He got, um, Peter Jackson, the man who put the got back film together. um, And that film had the same kind of reaction. You had the same kind of reaction to that film that I did. Um, uh, Peter Jackson cut out a a version of uh, John singing a a song from Let It Be. And Paul McCartney turns his back to the audience and duets with Lennon. And you could see him get emotional and I got emotional because it spurs on the questions of what, what could have been had he not been, t- had Lennon not been taken from us, what could have been all of the music that was left on the table uh, when that insect took him? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you you can't help but think about what could have been. I think.
1: Yeah. You were talking about why do you still do this if you're retired? Why does McCartney still sing? Yeah, just, does, does he need the money? No, no. God, because it's, no. it's what he loves to yeah. do. It's just That's the joy why. of
0: it. Yeah. yeah, it's the absolute joy of it. And 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 by the way, if you eat, you don't have to. Would you agree with this? You don't have to be a Beatles fan to like get back. Oh Christ, the movie? no.
1: No, it's it's history. Jesus Christ. It's, it's popular it's, culture it, history. Ever? Yeah. yeah. And it's and great insights. I think the, the my two biggest takeaways from that were A, how much McCartney was driving the bus yeah. at that point because John was all uh, all Yoko all the time. Yeah. Was, she was just leading yeah. him around by yeah. the nose. And uh, so so McCartney and, and what a great leader he was. Oh. What a leader. And there's one scene where he tears up. Where he knows yeah. where it becomes apparent that the band is coming to an end. Yeah. And I think he says, and then there were two. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I took away from that was the way that Ringo looked at Paul McCartney the way that a dog that really <laughs> loves his master <laughs> looks at his... And I don't mean to demean Ringo by no. saying, oh, Ringo's just a dog. No. He adores Paul McCartney. Yeah. He just adores him.
0: And what the other thing that's great about this movie is you're watching... Songs get born, like you're you're. Yeah, you're watching it in real time. Yeah, you're watching an era before these songs existed, and there's a point where Paul is playing. I think it's Let It Be. He's trying to figure it out on the piano, and and we've Jess and I found ourselves yelling at the screen. No, no, no! It goes this (laughs) way. (laughs) But you're actually watching, you know, the birth of that song, which is is really really spectacular. So will you do another limo watch at some point? I, you know what? I think I would. Yeah, yeah. Jess, of course, uh, you know she she would have loved to have gotten to see him uh, on this current tour, which took him to uh, Oakland, uh, Los Angeles, Fort Worth, uh, Knoxville, Syracuse. There's a bunch of dates, um, but because she's working, it's hard for her to get away, um, and uh, she's really, really hoping that in the fall he's going to announce some dates and. Maybe if we're lucky, there'll be some Canadian dates, and we can we can go back on the road, and I can go back to Limbo Watch.
1: Go. We better do some business. Yes, sir. I want to talk about Voswin, our new sponsor. Voswin yes. is an engineering company and a consulting company. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, but when I uh, before we met Sean Smith from Voswin, if if you told me uh, what engineers do, well, they build bridges mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and and roads and uh, and that kind of thing, and and machines and stuff like that. Why What Voswin does is they want to know what your idea is. Do you have an invention? Do you have an existing product or service? Do you want to innovate something? And does it have an engineering component? If so, they can help you. For example... Let's say you want to go to a Paul McCartney concert and get his attention with a sign. How do you make a sign that (laughs) with the lighting considerations and everything, that's something that they could do? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's exactly exactly right. Yeah, they could could engineer a solution for you to get Paul McCartney's attention. They do industrial engineering and designing, mechanical engineering and designing, electrical engineering and designing, and software development. If you have any kind of a product or service or idea uh, and you need help along those lines and they can also they also know the process in terms of of uh, the the inventor process getting you through how, how is it you put it tear from the, the getting of, the
0: idea out of your head yeah. and into your hands
1: there you go yeah they know how to do that check them out at voswin.com and our thanks to sean smith for coming on board as a sponsor uh, in a million years we didn't think we'd have an engineering <laughs> firm sponsoring the, the podcast
0: get a load of us hey eh, poseidon yeah. <laughs> we're engineers now <laughs> yeah
1: you got any invention ideas poseidon none at the moment
0: <laughs> and now back to concert twats Oh, yeah. What about the twats now? Were there
1: twats at the McCartney show?
0: Well, um, McCartney's audience is, by and large, an older audience, so they're a little better behaved. Although there's the person, I was next to a person who thought McCartney was talking just to them. You know, McCartney was telling a story, because he tells some great stories between songs, that I would like to hear. Oh, no. And the the woman next to me was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah." And I'm that's I and I wanted to say, "He's not talking to you." Pipe down, Grandma. And he also can't hear you. Yeah. So stop that. <laughs> and we noticed that people's behavior is becoming bolder, and and that a, a couple of weeks later, we went to the. Uh, Uh, What's the big arena in Vancouver? Is it the Rogers Center? Is that what it's called? Something like that, Jess is going to kill me. Where the Canucks play. Where the Canucks play. We went there to see Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton is probably one of the most... uh, It's one of the most sought-after country music concert tickets this year and last year and the year before. He's a giant talent. I didn't know anything about him. My wife said we're going to see him. And I absolutely loved it. But, God, the... It's people weren't really there for the concert. They were there for the beer. And I, I get it. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? You paid your money. You can do whatever you want. But most people in our row missed most of the show waiting in line for beer. And doing the, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Promise this last time, I promise. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sure the beer was very
0: reasonably priced Yeah, as well. very reasonably yeah. priced and... The beer, of course, triggers the uh, the bathroom breaks. Yeah, so you you're oh, you're, you're missing a lot of the show, and there's a lot of people that are falling down drunk, trying to start fights, and I find that people kind of live in their own little bubble now. They they don't know how to behave as a group.
1: I wonder if that's a COVID thing because we it, spent so much time isolated and alone. We don't know how to socialize yeah. anymore. I don't know.
0: I, 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 it but
1: that's no excuse.
0: No. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say something. I right? was, I but, but I didn't want to interrupt. I always no, feel Francisco. bad. Yes. Oh, I think it's a combination of things.
2: I think it's uh, the isolation and the people are getting more bolder. They kind of don't give a fuck. People, they've been through a lot and they're like, fuck, yeah, kind of like, fuck this, fuck that guy. Yeah, I don't give a yeah, fuck. There's a lot of that
1: happening for I, sure.
0: But, but I, I see that behavior and I think, well, what are you raised by wolves? Like, why would... Like, who taught you to behave that way in public? I I saw on TikTok, a guy posted, a Calgary Flames fan posted a video of him harassing an Edmonton oiler who was staying in his hotel. One One of the players. Yes. While filming the whole thing and, like, calling him out and razzing him in the elevator and then following him up the hallway. And... The, the, I don't know who the Calgary flame was, or the oiler was, yeah. but he had the good sense to ignore this knucklehead. And I thought, not only do you not ha- you don't know how to behave in public, you've recorded it and yeah. proudly posted it to show everybody, everybody an what an arsehole you are. Yeah. like when when did that start who made that well you okay? know what social
1: media might have a lot yeah. to do with that
2: so, because so, social media has and they've done studies already social media has raised the level of narcissism to very extreme levels yeah um because now also i don't remember who it was i think guido was reminding me you when you now like you know how there was always um like in the movie business uh i don't know how to explain this properly so people were always audience members. Well now for the first time in history people are no longer just audience members, they're also their own their very own content. Yeah, creators. they can be the show. So exactly. So when when you give that power to someone and this is m- my movie of my life, I uh, Ego kicks in, and I think that's why narcissism. All that it's like all this combination. Like I said, I know, I, I know, I just said like a lot of stuff, and no, it makes perfect th- sense, I, and I know exactly you know? what you're saying. And I just didn't and say it right. properly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. You're, ab- you're
1: absolutely right. People can people who want to be the center of attention now can be the center of attention,
2: but I, and this is society's fault also because we've shown that uh, being the center of attention equals success. Yeah. So people fall. I've fallen for this trap as well when I was younger. You know. Um, also, that guy. Is way more well behaved because I don't care what position
0: I was. I would have, uh, especially
2: yeah. being followed. Yes, he would have uh, gone. Yeah, through. that's great
0: yeah. discipline. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great, that's yeah. great what discipline. I, that's what I thought. I thought this guy is really well disciplined. You know, being in the company of a complete social moron, in you know, in in terms of how you behave and polytests and and polite behavior. You know, not even polite behavior, just decent behavior. I was on an airplane to come here on uh saturday friday whatever day it was and it wasn't a good day it in terms of flying it wasn't a good day the plane was late leaving and they had you know their old bullshit excuse of oh yeah we're just uh we're just a couple of bags to get on board and security blah 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 and i didn't care because i you know I, we're going to get there when we get there i just want to get there safely and when we landed in montreal there was no gate and we got the old well. We're trying to get uh, the captain is you know whatever his excuses were, and there were people on the plane that had uh, connections to make, and we were on the tarmac for an hour and fifteen minutes waiting for a gate, and the the crew had to keep saying to people, "We are not at a gate. Please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened." because those are the rules where did they think they were gonna go where did they think they were gonna go and a woman got up with her bag and her stupid neck pillow and her backpack and she charged up the hallway and the flight attendants who were seated and buckled in said return to your seat and the woman said i'm not fucking going anywhere and I guess they thought, you know, we could call the car because if you I was it, gonna say she's lucky because I think they so don't too. Lucky. Yeah, on, on aircraft. Yeah, they don't put yeah, up with not it. a bit. And I thought to myself, and you know, she she looked proud of herself that she was gonna behave like an arsehole, not pay attention to the crew. Hey, we were all fed up. Yeah. Everybody was fed up. But what happens if two hundred plus people on the airplane, decide they want to do what they want to do when they want to do it. That's not the way society works. Well, even if they do, where are they going to go? Well, that's what I wanted to say to her, bitch. Where do you think yeah. you're going?
1: You're going to take out that emergency exit, uh, and yeah, just jump down jump, onto the fucking jump runway, onto
0: the tarmac, and and also behave. You know, like say to the woman, I, you know, I'm I'm so frustrated. I don't want to. I don't want to return to my seat or whatever. But I'm not fucking going anywhere like she was very proud of it. I, I don't know. I think people are losing their...
2: I think also because we didn't have this... Uh, shit like this has always been going on, in in my opinion. Uh, obviously not to this intensity. First thing, also, uh, everything's recorded nowadays. So we yeah.
0: see it much more often. I I don't want to go down this path, but I'm going to say something because I'm thinking it. I blame it on Mr. Trump because when Trump came on the scene he made that kind of behavior normal and everybody thought well he's doing it he's the president he's doing it even before he was president yeah. right i kicked the shit out of the ball <laughs> you know and a lot of, you know you know what happened in the old days and and he presented that that kind of you know uh, blustery behavior and and i think people have adopted have started to adopt it and are, you think it's okay to say, I'm not fucking going anywhere. I don't know. Just a theory. How is everybody? Good. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I disagree
2: with this theory, by the way. You, you, you I don't, completely disagree. You don't think it don't had think anything so. to do this with is it? A, people have been like
0: that uh, since since forever. There's always... Not in public. Not in public. People no. who ran for public office were expected to behave in a, at a, a you know, to keep things, at, at, they were expected not to say certain things mm. and not to behave a certain way. They could do that kind of thing behind closed doors, but there was a certain decorum, wouldn't you not agree, Ted, that, that came with public
2: behavior. But I think it's because also in public, before if you acted a certain way, uh, you'd get smacked around eventually. <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> now you can't do that anymore. You can't, like, so if someone's being obnoxious like that, one day they're going to land on the wrong person. Yeah,
0: they're going to push the wrong person. Yeah, I The agree. wrong
2: person, but that can no longer happen because even if they do land on the wrong person, now this wrong person's like, fuck, am I really going to risk my whole life uh, just to smack this fucking Yeah,
1: because that's the you problem. Know? I mean, I, I had an incident, <clears throat> pardon me, at the, at the Costco. The Costco! <laughs> I was over to the Costco <laughs> with the wife I was at Costco, uh, I don't know how long ago, a, f- a few months, a couple of months ago, whatever, and I right. and, and, uh, and and was having a good day. It was a good day. It was right after work. I had a good show. The weather was nice. The traffic was was uh, nice and smooth. I got to Costco. A little bit of a lineup outside, so I got my cart, and I got in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And people are going in, and we're moving up in the line, and just as I get to the door, here comes Buddy, and he cuts the line, and he makes the mistake of cutting the line right in front of me. Right.
2: Yeah, that would have never flown with me. <laughs> and I said to him
1: in a very loud voice, after you, sir, I insist, please be my guest. And he turned around and he said, do I detect a hint of sarcasm? And I said, you're fucking right, you do. Yeah! Yes. <laughs> and the two of us going down that first aisle all the way down to the meat section. <laughs> and I... At the end of it, when I left, I had an emotional hangover.
2: Yeah,
0: I bet. From being yeah. so
1: fucking angry and from and from yelling at this guy. Yes. And people were looking at us. Yep. And I thought to myself, for Christ's sake, you know, I know I'm only marginally more famous than a rodeo clown, but I do have a public profile. What if somebody, Recognizes, what if he, yeah. what if he recognized yeah. me and called the radio station and yeah. said, hey, you know yeah. what, your morning show host called me fat boy which i did right i went from zero to fuck you fat boy in 2.3 seconds but
0: but what made him think that it was okay for everybody else to stand in line but not him well because was he's he special yeah he is special just
1: ask him he'll tell you that's he just what didn't i not mean. give a shit yeah that's, and 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 that 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 makes me angry right
0: and that deserves a blast of shit. Yeah, it?
1: although I called my friend Dave afterwards because Dave and I are two peas in a pod. Dave's like me too. He's very quick to anger. And I told him what happened and he said he said I, I know. he said I know, I know, I, I know. know. He's, he said that he's been watching some YouTube videos of some psychologist or something or other and the guy just says you you got to um, let it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let someone else being an asshole yeah. ruin your day.
0: Uh, but I to me it's 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 the it's the nerve right and it's the it's that vibe of look at all of us in line all of us you know it's like on the met i said to you the other day yeah we all get into the left lane and we get in line not good enough for other people yeah. who want to cut in at the last minute
2: yeah uh well, oh, that that for for the the highway entrance? Yeah, yeah, it's a piece of shit move. And I'll admit, yeah. I do that. I do that all the fucking time though.
0: <laughs> like once in a while, <laughs> you you get lost or you forget or whatever. That's one thing. Yeah. But this is no, 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 no. Well, I'm me, not waiting in line. I'm gonna save another half second and cut people off. I only do it when I'm late. Run when I'm, when I'm running late. And this is another thing I have to admit. Since I've been retired and I don't get up at three o'clock in the morning, and I live in BC, I'm like. Eh whatever nah. but not with that with that with somebody if i'm standing in line at the casco rude behavior like well, that well yeah. they, what makes you special selfish pal? sense well, of entitlement yes.
2: yeah you know what you could have done this is this is uh this is a uh, piece of shit level stuff that i i pull on people is you could have continued demolishing his ankles with the cart <laughs> You could have just, uh, oh, I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm yeah. terribly yeah, sorry. Sure, then, I can't see well, you know. <laughs> but then, then,
0: then that's the kind of person who calls the police and Well, yeah, you thing. see,
1: and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, you know, when it was all over, I thought, Christ, yeah. I'm old enough to get a senior's discount at some places. <laughs> I haven't had a drink in 25 years, <laughs> and yet I'm, I'm, uh, I'm flying off the handle. It just, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it and I'm trying not to do it.
0: Well, I think social behavior, you know, for whatever reason we've decided or, what you know, haven't decided or whatever theories we've put forward, I think social behavior is has gone for a bit of a shit and is getting worse. Yep. And, you know, people don't know, you know, how to behave. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite things to watch on YouTube is Tony Soprano. Telling the kid at the restaurant to take his fucking hat off. (laughs) And if you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to have to Google that. Go to YouTube. YouTube that, And type in Tony Soprano baseball hat. And watch Tony, who was in a particular bad mood in this episode, at a nice restaurant, say to the kid, take your fucking hat off. You're... Because that's 1950s, right? Yeah. You t- you go to a you go to a nice restaurant. A you don't dress like that, and yeah. B Take you don't you, you don't yep. wear a baseball cap at the table. Yeah, it's my one of my favorite scenes. Do that. Um, let's uh, let's thank our friends at uh, UPS. Shall we? The UPS Store. Um, uh, David Drucker is uh, the man at the head of the uh, Canadian UPS stores that are all across the country I think there's over 350 locations or there may be 5 million of them no that's not true There's not I don't think right. there's 5 million no there is but there's a bunch though I, there's a bunch of them you'll and, find one near you yep in every corner of the country and what does the UPS store do people said to me those are the guys in the trucks right mm, not mm, really no. no this is um, for example uh i had uh was in the middle of moving to uh, bc and we found some stuff that we wanted to send to bc put it in the car took it over to the ups store and i said to the guy i gotta get this to bc and he said okay bring it over here let's unpack that box and i'm gonna pack it up properly for you and he had the styrofoam packing stuff and he had the tape and he had the box and he had the labels and he gave me options it can be there in two days it could be there in five days it was it was amazing it was all it was all taken care of and a few days later we had our uh, box delivered everything in good shape and that's what they do at the ups store if you have a business and you're looking to send a fax uh, you've got a dozen packages you've got to send you need labels whatever it is and the people that own the UPS stores are entrepreneurs themselves, so they understand what you're going through. If you run a small business, or you got something for Auntie Cloppy, uh <laughs> in uh, Dildo, Newfoundland, or you work from home, which people yep.
1: increasingly do, they've got all the uh, they got all your business needs covered.
0: The UPS Store dot ca. Every time we do that, I, I try and come up with a, another. Uh, Another ant name.
1: You haven't used Effie yet. No. what I did. Oh, did you use I, Effie? I did use Effie. Yeah.
0: Effie and Herbie. Remember, we talked about oh, that, that on one yeah. podcast. Oh, that's true, yeah. Can, I, can we um, suggest a, another uh, thing you should watch? Have you seen the George Carlin documentary? I have not. No. Oh, oh! Is it good? Netflix? Uh, HBO. Okay. So, so you'll find it on Crave. Um, no, I don't have Crave. Yeah. No. I like to call it Crave. I don't know why. It's uh, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, who is the man behind the 40 year old version, Virgin, and a lot of other very, very funny movies, and is a very, very funny man himself, and has a a real appreciation for uh, comedy and the history of comedy. Um, He did the uh, documentary on Gary Shandling. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. You got a good one? Yeah, got to Google these things. Gary Shandling's uh, documentary is absolutely fantastic. And the George Carlin one's a two parter. And it's amazing the effect that George Carlin had on society and generations of comedians. The people that appear in this thing to talk about George Carlin and some of the George Carlin clips that are in this are absolutely astonishing. And it makes you wonder what George Carlin would think if he was alive today.
1: I read a book about George Carlin, a biography of George Carlin, and I remember what I, sp- and this was a long time ago, but my. Sp- uh, the takeaway I remember from it was that he was very bitter about not being a successful actor. He really wanted to be successful as an actor, mm. and even though he had great success as a comedian, that was a, I don't know if it was a regret, but there was, I, I, I remember coming away thinking to myself, boy, he was bitter about
0: that. Wait, where did you read, you read this? I, yeah, in a book? I
1: read it. It was, in a, it was in a George Carlin biography. I don't remember the name of the book. I don't remember who wrote it, but, but that... That really stuck with me. And wow. I and I found, and this is just an observation, and I loved George Carlin. George Carlin's the reason I got into radio. Wow. I used to be able to do those old George Carlin comedy yeah. uh, album radio bits off by heart. And my friends and my friend's parents would say, hey, you should be on the radio. Um, but it seemed to me that later in his career, he, he struck me as angry and bitter. I found he was less funny and more angry, or that a lot of his... Uh, a lot of his humor or what he was drawing humor from were things that pissed him off.
0: Well, that's exactly what happened. And I, but I think uh, in the, uh, in the uh, shade of history, uh, you'll, you'll think about it differently. That doesn't come up anywhere in this 2 Park documentary right. at all. Um, it's all about the legacy of uh, George Carlin. It's called George Carlin's American Dream, uh, What George Carlin Meant to Me. By Judd Apatow, and it goes all the way back to uh, his childhood. Um, but nowhere does it come up that he was uh, 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 trying to aspire to be an actor, uh, or or was pissed off about not being. Okay, an actor. well, I'm.
1: am d- d- All I can tell you is that yeah. I read a book, and that that was that was in the book, and yeah. it was a biography about George Carlin.
0: And it's a, he's he was kind of s- sort of like a guide uh, through how society changed through the years. And you're right; he did become you know angry about the. Uh, Uh, the world but he was also kind of prescient about where we were headed yeah and a lot of people were saying boy we miss George Carlin we would love to hear what he would have to say about what things are going on today including things like the COVID crisis and stuff because at one point uh, they run a clip of George Carlin saying uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, and I couldn't do it justice, that the planet, the planet is fine. It's the fucking people who are yeah. the problem. Well, the planet is going to survive.
1: I've always said that the planet will spit us out long before we can
0: do any lasting damage to her. That's exactly what George Carlin says. and And at one point, he looks into the camera, and he says, you know what happens to the people? Viruses. <laughs> and this is, this is like 15 plus years ago yeah. anyway i if you love comedy and you have you you have a, an appreciation for the history of comedy um and you know who george carlin is of course george yes
2: Poseidon? of course i know george carlin there you I go i love some of his uh some of his stand-up i've seen uh not full stand-ups but like bits and pieces right Uh, on YouTube a lot,
0: and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, well, you'd you'd love this documentary, too. It's called George Carlin's American Dream. Um, It is on Crave. I don't know if you can find it on the YouTubes yet, but uh, I highly recommend it.
1: One thing about Carlin is, I don't know if you could, uh, and maybe I'm wrong here, uh, you couldn't really buttonhole him politically, eh? He didn't... I mean, he had political opinions, but yeah. he was not. He didn't strike me as being uh, neither right nor left. He just called it the way he saw it and, and w- could fall on different sides on different issues. I think
0: they addressed that, and Chad Apatow addresses that, that he, he really didn't, you know, he's w- not one way or the other. Yeah, he
1: wasn't apolitical. No, but, no, no. But he, no. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't say, oh, well, he's just a Republican or no. he's just a bleeding heart liberal.
0: You'd really relate to it because he, there was a couple of, of, of times where you know he talks about um, not conspiracy but you know the people controlling the levers the people with their hands on the levers of right. power that you you and I have talked about that this week a little bit about you know we've been talking about oh, market conditions and yeah. it's, uh, the, the, you know and that's that's why baloney is <laughs> $11 yeah, <yeah>. you know <laughs> fuck off <laughs> i'm not buying into your bullshit and if one more person says to me, you know, because of COVID, yeah,
1: well, that's what you've been running into at the hotel—not just on this trip, but in in yeah. multiple trips over the last couple of years. You've gotten shitty service at the, like you can't you can't get your room clean yeah. at the hotel, and they blame COVID.
0: Yeah, and I'm <coughs> listen. I'm i I'm a uh, I'm a science guy. I wore a mask. I've been vaxxed. I get triple vaxxed. And I bought into all the marching orders. I did. I thought, yeah, we're going to be safe. Did all the stuff. And uh, I think, and then my wife and I got COVID. We think at Chris Stapleton. Um, and, uh, you know, from the, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon yeah. me. You know, people are breathing on you and, and whatever. And we're pretty sure that's, that's where we got it. But I'm now at the point where the mess at the airports, oh, you know, because of COVID, we don't have people. And experts in the aviation industry are saying the companies should have seen this coming. They should have seen that there was going to be a demand for people to get back on airplanes and want to travel again. And I think a lot of companies figured out, huh, look at all the money we're saving. Well, let's just keep blaming COVID. So hotels that used to have full housekeeping departments, and it wasn't a question when you went to a hotel that your room was going to be clean. You never had to ask. You never had to ask for that. You went back in the afternoon and your room was clean. Yeah. Because that's what part of the hospitality service was. That's and part that, of what you're paying for. That's what I think. It's not a youth hostel I'm at, so I'm thinking what I believe is in a corner office somewhere. Somebody said, "Well, let's just tell people we can't find people, and we'll make people ask if they want their room cleaned, and we'll save the money." That's what I th- I happen to think. That's what's going on. And I know people are going to listen to this and say, "Oh, you don't understand Terry they, they can't find people to do these things and nobody can find pe and I know it's hard. there was people sitting at home, and there you know not a lot of people want to do these jobs anymore, but I think what's more at play is I get it, fuel costs have gone up, and it's people are harder to find and whatever, but I think the companies are like, "Hey, we'll pocket that dope, yeah, it's yeah. There's not a whole lot of altruism going
1: on at no, the top I, of the corporate I, ladder. I, I don't, think. you know,
0: it's like the plastic bag bullshit. I'm not buying into any of that. I know a lot of people are going to be surprised to hear this, but, you know, we, we're going to save the planet because uh, uh, we don't have plastic bags anymore. We don't, we don't uh, you know, the, the Walmart near my house, Walmart famously has gone plastic bag free since April 22nd. But you can buy a plastic bag for a dollar oh, sixty. Oh, you can! Sure, you well, can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Here you go. That's crazy. I business. think it's all
2: bullshit. I, I, I as well. Uh, I worked as a janitor for about two weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember when I went to the, the first time, I went to go do the round of the garbage, right? Garbage recycling, all this. They gave me the 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 thing to throw everything in, and uh, I'm like, okay, so this is just for the garbage, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, where's the one for the recycling? Because there was four different bins. Where's the one for the recycling? Uh, just papers? Where's the one for just uh, uh, plastics, cans, and uh, and all this? And they're like, what are you talking about? I go, well, well, there's four different bins. I got to throw them into four different and They look at me like I was a crazy person. I'm like, are you insane, bro? Just throw everything in the garbage. It all goes in the garbage.
0: It's there you all, go. So it's, just
2: it's all a show. It's a show. Yeah. It's a show. It's yeah. theater, in my opinion. Well... Uh,
0: It went from... The best
2: is uh, paper straws and plastic uh, wrappings. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. Paper straws and plastic wrappings, which goes through a plastic lid onto a plastic cup. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, I... I, I'm not. I'm not the old guy looking at the window who believes everything is a conspiracy. Yeah. But I don't believe that there's a lot of altruism going on no. in corporate headquarters. No.
1: You know what I've come around on, and this is another corporate uh, money saver. But I've come around on it. Self checkout. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I'm not gonna bag my own uh, bag my own uh, groceries or right. products or whatever you know that's uh I'm the customer <laughs> I demand service and then
0: I saw how quickly I could get through well this is the but this is the trick yeah right this is the trick don't don't schedule real people to work the caches which increases the lineup which makes the self checkout more attractive like I, I know it's not a conspiracy, but don't tell me they haven't had that discussion. Make the lineups long and annoying so people will want to go over there and check out their own groceries.
1: Also, I had an issue with one of the checkout guys at Costco. (laughs) (laughs) What's your fucking problem? (laughs) Attitude. Like, big, big attitude. A kid, eh? Like, I don't know, 20 years old or so. Big-ass attitude. Like, I was trying to be friendly to him. How you doing today?
0: I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you sure you're all right? Because you don't seem to be. Yeah.
2: No one's all right anymore, Ted. I
0: guess
1: not, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Call me when you get social yeah. skills. I'm, we'll gonna, st- I'm gonna
1: stop being friendly. <laughs> I'm gonna you know what? If I try that down east and people are our souls, then I'll know it's all yeah, over.
0: Okay. All
2: right. Let's You know uh, where people are still nice. Where? Quebec City. Really? They, they are. are, eh? Well, I, I had to go to Quebec City numerous nice. uh, numerous times uh um Working with Mike? Uh that and uh Oh your girlfriend. girlfriend's yeah, there. Yeah, there there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so every time, I, I think the first few times uh, I went there and I w- we were walking around old uh, old Quebec, people, men, women, uh, old, young, they were, they would say hello, they would uh, bonjour, and, uh, they would mm-hmm. smile. And this was a lot of people. And at first when I went there, I'm like, what the fuck these people <laughs> tell me hello for? I want to get smacked. What are they up to? And my girlfriend had to be like... Calm down. Yeah. Uh, this is how people are here, and even the customer service, mo- for the most part, ninety, I would say ninety-five yeah. percent of the interactions I've had in customer service, uh, yeah. amazing. Thanks. Well, unless I- um, you're a black person. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. I
0: I think that uh, part of that in Quebec City because I've experienced that too. Um, part of that is they know where their bread is buttered, yep. right? Quebec City is a big, big, big tourist attraction, yes. and they know you got to be nice; if people come back. And I've experienced the same thing in British Columbia. People in British Columbia, when the first couple of weeks I was there, when I was on my my walk, uh, people approach you and uh, they say, "Good morning, beautiful afternoon, eh?" Yeah. And for the first couple of days, I was like, "Uh, yes." <laughs> Because it took me a while to realize, same thing at a a store, you know. Neighbors waving? Yeah, neighbors waving. I was like, what
2: the fuck are they waving at? (laughs) Yeah,
0: cashiers asking you. You're
1: like the guy at
2: Costco, and that might have been the thing. He might have
0: thought, what's this guy's game asking me how my day is? What do you want from me? Yeah, really, eh? (laughs) Let's say hi to our friends at Merson, speaking of... uh, not a corporation, a yeah, family-run business. Yeah. This, and you know... This is what I loved about the Mersons all these years. Now that the
1: COVID's over and yes, all, for, for the most part, uh, their waiting room is open again, so people will wait for their car. And uh, that's where you really get to see... Are the Big Leather coaches back? Not the last time I was there. It was still just chairs, spaced chairs, but it's only a matter of time till the big leather couches that you can fall asleep on come back. Yeah,
0: you could find me there when my car was being worked on. Yeah, (laughs) you
1: sink right into those things. But this is where you find out what the Mersens are all about because if you just sit there and observe, you'll see the service manager come from the back. Uh, It's Mark now, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark will come from the back and he'll say, "Uh, Mr. Hasenfratz, Uh, Okay, we looked at your car. Uh, uh, We got your uh, summer tires on. Uh, You've probably got half a season left in those, so you might want to come back and see us, you know, end of July at the latest. Uh, We looked at your brakes. Your brakes are fine. You're good for at least another year with the brakes. Uh, You don't hear that a whole lot at garages. What you usually hear is, oh, 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 boy. (laughs) Yeah, no, those tires, man. I wouldn't drive on those. Oh really? Eh? Yeah, we're gonna have to sell you some new ones. That's gonna run you. <laughs> you don't get that at the no. Merson ever. Yeah, at, at the Merson, at the Mersons, there's more than one. <laughs>
0: yeah, family. It's a family-run business. There's yep. the Mersons there.
1: You want to go see them on Saint Jacques, west of Cavendish, online at MersonAuto.com. Uh, they're known for tires, but they are a full-service garage. Uh, whatever you need in terms of maintenance and repairs, the Mersens can take care of it for you. If you have an issue that they cannot address, they will send you somewhere where it will be addressed, again, by people who have the same honesty and integrity as the Mercons. And I know that because they've sent me to a couple of different places, and I was well satisfied both times.
0: And while we're on the topic of family-run businesses, I'm going to take a moment to tell you about Matt Labonneur, who are another one of our sponsors. And listen, I get it. Uh, commercials, giant pain in the butt, right? But that's uh, the way uh, the podcast happens. Uh, that's with the support of these people... Who have said to us, you know what? We fully support you guys. We want you guys to do the podcast. We'd be happy to be a sponsor, and that's the uh, that's the the this the the, uh, the reaction we got from all of the people who proudly sponsor the the podcast. And we can't thank them enough because we can't do it without them. Matla Bonheur is a mattress store. They're sleep specialists, and they're family run. They've been family run since their inception all of those years ago. Uh they uh, opened their very first store years and years ago on Gwen Boulevard in Saint- Genevieve. That store is still there. The original store is still there. And you'll get the kind of welcome in that store that you will at any of their 18 locations around the Greater Montreal area. You're welcomed with a smile in uh, the official language of your choice. Uh, with a well-mannered uh, person who will ask you a couple of questions about what you're looking for and how they can help you. And then they'll leave you alone. They won't pressure you because I don't know about you, but I don't like being followed around a store. You going to buy this? You going to buy this? You want that? Um, that's that's not what happens at Method Al-Banar. And you can shop online. And because you listen to the podcast, they're offering up a promo code, TER05 or TED05. That's T E R O five or T E D O five. Five percent off whatever you buy. On sale, regular price, online, in-store, doesn't matter. Mention the code. They'll give you the 5% off. They will talk to you about a better night's sleep, uh, about the kind of mattress you want, the kind of mattress you can afford. And uh, they want you to they don't want you to sleep better. That's what that family's been doing. Quebec owned, Quebec run for all of these years. MatlaBonner.ca
1: Let's do one more tweet sheet before we go. Go out on a high note. What do you say? All righty.
0: Okay. What do you
1: got
2: there? I Get those lined yeah, up? Just, uh, just, uh, g- give me a second. Yeah, yeah sure, I'll give you a second. Sure. Today I've been riddled with... Uh, Technical issues. Yeah, yes, yes, what's sir. going on? Cameras uh, having a mind of their
0: own. There's uh, gremlins in the thing. By the way, while we're waiting for uh, that to uh, come up, let me just mention at the beginning of the podcast we were talking about Clint Hill, who is was a Secret Service right. agent assigned to President Kennedy when he was killed. The book that I loved I absolutely highly recommend this is a great this would be a great summer read is called Mrs. Kennedy and me and it's a book that was released in 2012. it's not a new book. But it's a wonderful, wonderful book, and it's just a terrific chronicle. of. Uh, he was assigned to Mrs. Kennedy. He was Mrs. Kennedy's uh, Secret Service agent for many, many years, um, and even after the president was killed. He's also written other books called "My My Travels with Mrs. Kennedy, Five Days in November. But the book I was referring to is Mrs. Kennedy and Me. Highly recommend it.
1: Some of the funny from Twitter before we head out from at Sir "Sir Eviscerate. My favorite time to watch SportsCenter is 3 to 4 a.m. The new guys are trying out catchphrases, saying shit like he really crammed that in dry. (laughs) And the co-anchor has to say, Steve, no. (laughs) From at... What's that say? Awkward and so odd. odd. You don't know what fun is until you've witnessed a drunk on the Edinburgh to Glasgow train screaming, "A fucking hate hedgehogs! Come at me, you wee jabby cunt!" while angrily circling a hairbrush that's been dropped on the floor.
2: You got to, you got to say that in the accent though. That's true. I, I like, fucking hate hedgehog. Come at me, you jabby C- wee cunt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And from at Keat Potato, walking to car from dog training with wife. Me, I can't believe they taught the dog, taught the dog to speak. This is a mate. Dog, shotgun. <laughs> Me, motherfucker. Funny. Okay, the Keith, Twitter is funny. Keat Potato. Keith Potato, yeah. Well,
0: what you're saying, Ted, about Twitter, it's the best. It's in, the best and the worst of yeah, everything. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's yeah. just, uh, it's,
1: it's chalk a block with good humor and with uh, arseholes.
0: <laughs> I like the term arseholes. It is a good term. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it could be, it can be a criticism and yet wonderfully endearing. It can be
1: endearing. Yeah, ah,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's stupid arse. Um, as the, that seems to be the end of this podcast. That's
1: this episode in the can.
0: Poseidon, thank you. My pleasure, gentlemen, as always. uh, We don't spend enough time saying, uh, I know in the first two seasons we never shut up about them, but Pantelis and Mike Ward and Poseidon and the people in this building uh, have been so unbelievably kind to us and uh, uh, make sure the podcast gets all the uh, whizzles and bizzles and ends up on the interweb and... uh, And the Spotify and the... uh, the All the rest of the stuff that we don't have a clue about. That's right. Wherever you get your podcasts, as we uh, like to say. Spotify, Apple,
2: Pantals Comedy, YouTube channel.
0: Great. Uh, We put it up on the link tree there, Ted.
1: Yes, we do. So you keep an eye out for that, why don't you?
0: Okay, bye. (laughs) Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British, but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle.